Live Feisties, If We Were Riding with Kelly O'Mara and me, Sarah Gross, is brought to you by Ass Kicker Inc., whose boutique line of activewear for women features positive, uplifting messages such as, actually, I can, and she believes she could, so she did, and is designed to fit all body types. You can get 20% off with the code RIDING, as in, if we were, and shipping is free for orders over $75. And remember, you're buying in Canadian dollars, so it's a lot less in US dollars. And you can have all of this at askkickerinkinkwithak.com. If We Were Riding is also proud to be sponsored by Crave Jerky. Crave Jerky is low in fat, a good source of protein, gluten-free, and contains all natural ingredients. Their bars, sticks, and jerky are made with tender gourmet cuts of meat and crafted flavors with elevated yet simple ingredients. You can get 20% off your online orders by using the code RIDING at cravejerky.com. Hey, Kelly, I hear you're back in action training again. Uh, you know, casually. I also, I mean, I even started making race plans, semi-race plans, and then <laughs> and then those just went totally up in the air with Iron Man's announcement about the new pro qualifying system. So right, replan everything. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so later in the show, that's going to be our main topic today, I guess. They Iron Man literally announced it. It is Wednesday today when we're recording, and they made this announcement just a few hours ago. So we're going to talk all about that later. Right. And we have a new sponsor this week. Yeah, I hear you actually used it on your rides. Yeah. For so, real. Yes, for real. I, I love having sponsors that I actually use their products. That's the best. And so when I used to ride, actually ride my bike more than I do, more than once every two months, I used to use crave jerky on my rides and the reason is that I have issues with my blood sugar levels so I can't eat super sugary things for like five hours that just destroys me so what I used to do is eat things like nuts or crave turkey jerky was something that I really like because it's a little healthier than your average uh, beef jerky or whatever and I would just do that until kind of like the last hour or hour and a half of the ride especially if I had intervals near the end and then I'd take like a coke and just go bananas for the last hour and that's how I used to ride so they nice. are our you're sponsor. also getting nutrition advice along with advertising right. <laughs> <laughs> this is a win-win people <laughs> so you can go to uh, cravejerky.com and you can get 20% off with our code which is riding as in if we were if we were riding if we were actually training for stuff if we were training kelly do you train alone or in a group i train almost exclusively alone because largely because of my schedule which is crazy and weird but also i don't like other people like i prefer <laughs> doing things by my especially hard things like if i'm going to be out there suffering i like want to be suffering by myself you like to suffer alone i'm the opposite i love training with people i used to do really well in a squad environment i swam with a swim group my entire career but we often hear about how women can't train well together. What do you think about that? Is that true? <laughs> You're like, well, from my personal experience, I train great with myself. Um, 
it is obviously a big topic about squads. I've had a lot of people try to convince me I need a squad. I need to be rolling deeper. And reason it's so, I feel like, I don't want to say controversial, but a hot topic is because there's this perception that women are like catty and petty and we're all going to train together and secretly like sabotage each other and undermine each other and it's going to be terrible. And in all fairness, I kind of get that. I did used to coach high school and the high school girls, I can see where some of this is coming from. I remember coaching the high school girls and there was like a lot of emotions, a lot of drama, a lot of having to manage the whole like group dynamic that was very different than the boys teams group dynamic. So it's there. It's there. So there are some downsides, you think, even with women training together? I think that you have to like really manage the group, right? Like I am very picky. I only really like training with Alyssa, who hosts Iron Women, and Leslie, our other friend, who has our same coach. Like those are the only people I train with, like I will train with. And then like I have friends around here, but it's just it's because you have to really get like the right dynamic and manage it. Right. I mean, you were on a ton of training squads and like saw how that dynamic was managed. Right. Yeah. My experience is kind of the opposite. It's probably a partially a personality thing, but I had a great time training in squads. I loved being around other women. I used to embrace the opportunity to sort of be a mentor. Although the one thing I will admit is that it does get hard when someone you're mentoring gets better than you (laughs) and starts beating you. Right. And I feel like maybe do, dudes handle that differently than women it's a lot of it I think is up to the coach and maybe that's the issue maybe that's the problem is that historically coaches have been men historically athletes have been men and they just simply don't understand how to manage women and and like women's because like we're not just small men right like they are different and that might be why it's so notable when there is very successful women's squad groups exactly the Shalane Flanagan the Shalane Flanagan effect according to the New York Times I think too that there are probably ways and this is kind of exciting and part of why I wanted to talk about this today is I think that there are better ways to utilize women's strengths in training environments that coaches can learn and that we're still learning about because women's endurance sport is still only like 50 years old and so is it really 50 years old well I I mean from like you know like from the first woman who ran a marathon like you know from the time the first woman runs a marathon until the first squad is still a long period of time (laughs) (laughs) but I, I think there's a way we could use women's kind of emotional intelligence as a strength in training together oh for sure I mean I think if you really learn how to corral the best out of that group then they can support each other and push each other and and be there for each other and there's like definitely more bonding and positivity that happens when like there's a good flowing emotions there with the women I'm like waving my hands as if people can see I'm like expressing on the podcast (laughs) I just don't yeah it's just hard to do there's also a natural mentorship like I used to find this in one of my old squads this is what helped a lot I was older and I was often the only long course athlete in a squad so So if I had some younger Olympic distance hopefuls, we would also often rally around an an issue. Like we would bond around something. Like in one case, it was our coach was acting like an asshole. And I remember we all went out for dinner and we literally just like bonded over his asshole behavior. And after that, we were all just like tight. And it was the most amazing training camp ever. So what you're saying is that to get the most out of women, you should be an asshole. Right. (laughs) That's what I'm hearing. In conclusion. You're like speaking of Mm -hmm. current environments in triathlon. No kidding. (laughs) 
if we're going to have, okay, if we're going to have a couple positive take-home points from this, I think we should say that coaches should be more aware about women's emotional intelligence and how to sort of rally that and use it and a natural mentorship as well. That would be my, those would be my point. Right. And not like stereotype that like women are all terrible and bitchy and can't train together. Exactly. Obviously. Exactly. We're bitchy on a case by case basis. Okay. <laughs> exactly. We also wanted to talk about the future triathlon women, women in the future triathlon. No, because in the newsletter this week, I linked to a Flow Twitch forum thread about ideas for the future of triathlon. What will triathlon look like? And you made the point that, like, why are people wasting their time coming up with all these ideas when they're not in charge? They don't really get a say. But still, <laughs> triathlon is changing, right? I think we do have to acknowledge, like, there is very much a shift that is happening right now, right? There is. I mean, it's shrinking. Yeah. That's the big thing. It's not growing as quickly as it once was. <laughs> You're being very kind to triathlon. Right. So triathlon is, there's definitely a contracting of the market happening. So a lot of events are going away. There's also, I think you're seeing, you know, the huge, crazy draft fest fields at some of the big races, which isn't necessarily the fault of any individual athlete. There's just, it's not being managed well. Yes. There's a lot of things that are happening. And that's going to obviously have to be addressed and changed, right? And so the reason that's worth talking about this and changing and like discussing possibilities is because while we don't get to make the decisions, sometimes they listen to us, right? If enough people point out enough flaws, it gets listened to. Occasionally. Occasionally. I do think the things, the things that are going to have to be addressed are these like massive draft fests, right? Like Kona's ridiculous now. Some of the 70.3, like especially the championships are like, and the sport then is losing legitimacy, right? So you're going to have to address the legitimacy issues. And like, maybe that means breaking things up into different waves. Maybe it means on different days. Maybe it means fewer people and making less money. Like, I don't know. There are issues. I also think when you get in, like when you talk about that, this whole rolling start thing is still very much in like the works, right? But it's certainly a question of, you know, are we moving towards a participatory sport or a racing sport is it are we going to like still race each other head to head and i do think there's a decent argument out there to be made about you know kona being the be all and end all like i actually really really think it'd be great if the world championships rotated and there was some kind of like grand slam and kona was always like one of those i was going to use an example in tennis but then i literally could not come up with one of the grand slams the u.s open that's one right wimbledon wimbledon there you australian go. open <laughs> right. So like Kona would be like Wimbledon, but it would rotate and like that might be a way to address some of these like keeping people who race interested. And I also think obviously, and I've said this over and over, that as the market contracts and we lose a lot of these unique, weird races, there is going to be a space for like something that's goddamn fun again. Yeah. Like how many times are we going to run around a parking lot trying to chase our Kona spot? It's so boring. It's so boring. And I think that's why the swim run events have been so popular because they're interesting. They're different. It takes different tactics. It's a, it's a different thing. I mean, there are, I think some of the direction that Ironman is going right now leaves open a, would you say a space for some unique and crazy races. It's just the right person with the right idea. I mean, the, the, I don't even know what they call them, the X-Try, like the Keltman, Norseman, last, like those are expanding too. Uh, there's all kinds of weird things people are trying. We'll see what sticks. Yeah, I think some of those things that stick will be the fun, the fun future you're looking for, Kelly. I just want things to be fun again. No. <laughs> 
I would say too, I, you know, I was making this point before the show that we need to change the demographic of the leadership within triathlon. And when that shifts, we will see some kind of shift. So right now we're still like triathlon grew up and all the people that created it also grew up and now we're getting older. So when we see more, I mean, diversity is a bit of a buzzword. Yeah, but I'm going to use it (laughs) when we see more diversity of like socioeconomic class, racial diversity, gender diversity, even more millennials coming through and making decisions because a lot of it is millennials who want those and young people really who want those fun, funky races. Right. And then we speaking as a millennial. No, I I think I'm not. But speaking as a millennial, then we're all like, screw it. We're going to go do Spartan race instead. Exactly. And that's way cooler. But I mean, it doesn't really I mean, we like have these ideas we say these things there are slow twitch threads but it doesn't really matter because ultimately the people in charge can just make an announcement and change my entire season and change everything which just so happened (laughs) while i was on my bike i got home and there was like 20 text messages like so many text messages of people being like did you see this iron man's changing how pros will qualify to kona and to 70.3 worlds right so today the announcement came out so let's try to pick this apart and just explain exactly what the changes are. So for Kona qualifications, the Ironman World Championships, there are 34 Ironmans that currently have a pro race in them. Or there will be for that. There will be for the 2019 season when this comes into effect. There And there will be one slot for each gender. So... If you win one of those 34 races, you are in. Right. But there are 100 slots in total. Okay. So at the regional championships, of which there are four right now, because Ironman Brazil isn't a regional championship. So there might be five, but of which there are four right now, we'll have two per gender guaranteed and an additional two slots that will will be divided based on like gender signups start rates so there will be six slots at each regional championship two slots at every other one of the 34 Ironman races and then that leaves an additional depending on if there's four or five regional championships an additional about 10 slots wait is that right no additional 20 slots that will be allocated across the 34 races based on how many people sign up based on uh, what was the pro the email that went out to all the pros said based on our priority schedule and geographic distribution. What that means, I think, is the big question for a lot of people right now. But essentially, that's how it will go, right? It will be a yeah. much more similar to age group qualification. You win, you're in, end of discussion. Yeah, okay, so if people are confused right now about <laughs> about slots, which it took a while to sit and unpack this whole situation, here's what I came out with. Okay, so there's 38 to 39, depending on how many championship races there are slots that are going to be allocated per gender so there's 38 to 39 guaranteed men slots which are people who win races or come first or second in regional championships basically those could roll so if you if you come second in a race where somebody's already qualified you could also right then it could roll down to you yeah and so then as kelly said that leaves about 24 to 26 slots left to be divided by everyone, men and women. And eight to 10 of those are going to regional championships. So now you've got 12 to 14 right. yeah, slots that are just going to go like somewhere. We don't know where they're being right. thrown against the wall. And in their example, they they gave like in the pro email that went out to all the pros, they gave kind of an example of how this would have gone if they had applied this to this past year. And they gave the extra slots, for instance, to Ironman Arizona, 
because Ironman Arizona is a very popular race. It had like 47 people signed up. But in their own example, by that same logic, Ironman Barcelona didn't get extra slots, even though they had 70 people signed up. So it's a little unclear why Arizona, why not Barcelona? Um, Just for example, just in their example, it seems like they're going to kind of decide based on signups, like where these extra slots go. They did say in January that they will announce the races and the allocations that you can play in your season. And then that's that, right? Like when you're win an Ironman, you get to go get second. Maybe it'll roll down to you depending on slot allocation. I feel like that's pretty straightforward to understand, right? <laughs> right, right. Okay. Whether or not you want to like get into the math of every race is going to be something that like pros are going to be doing for right. sure. But well, I don't know that every spectator needs to like fully... To fully understand. We'll rely on Torsten Rod to do all the work and tell us what races to go to. The big difference is the 70.3 is just straightforward. The 70.3, they are just allocating one spot to every race. They're just allocating 85 men spots and 85 women spots, like period, end of discussion, mm-hmm. which basically comes down to one for every race uh, because there's so many 70.3 races and then regionals get like an extra one for men and one for women. So it's just set. There's no floating. There's no like, it's just. There's no proportionality of random extra slots going here or there. There is just 85 slots per gender for the 70.3 worlds that are divided one per race, basically. Across 76 events, in case you were wondering how many 70.3s there are. So if you're thinking of going to 70.3 world championships as a pro next year, you or 2019, I should say, here's what you need to do. Win a race. Win a race. Just win a race. Okay, so that is the system. Now, the question obviously is like, is this better or worse? Like, what does this mean? Okay. And that's what I think everyone's kind of, everyone on the Facebook already has thoughts about, is this better or worse? What does this mean? Right. I think we have to be totally fair to Iron Man. I think this is a big improvement over the points system. I agree. I think this gets rid of the over racing problem. Like we had pros, just especially women, just racing so much they got to Kona exhausted. It gets rid of, we'll call it the pregnancy problem. But, you know, the fact that you started at a deficit, if you came back from a pregnancy or an illness, it's like what Rachel Joyce had to do this past year, where you start out behind for the year because you didn't have points. Whereas now everyone starts with, unless you are a world a current champion or podium finisher, everyone starts with no slots. So all you have to do then is go out and get a slot. So it, it takes care of that deficit, which also makes it easier for new people. Cause before, if you weren't in the top 10 at Kona, you started out behind with points. Right. So it's a place where I spent kind of the last five years of my career in that space between being the 15th best in the world and the 35th. Like I was in there somewhere and I was just constantly on this carousel of not quite good enough to go top 10 and get points for the next year that used to carry over those points and then not sometimes qualifying, sometimes not often qualifying after like between 30th and 35th and not having a good race because I had to over race to qualify. So we definitely are getting a better system where you can come in, you can win a race you can go to Kona you can be injured one year and come back and race the next year and not be starting at a deficit it also creates like an exciting race environment where you have these Ironman races happening where the winner takes all it definitely creates and I was just saying to someone on Facebook a crapshoot right like my odds of going Mm. to Kona just skyrocketed because I was never not never 
that's like not be optimistic, Kelly. I was not this year or next year going to have the points to be top 35 to like put together a whole season. But could I have one amazing race? Like maybe, right? Like why not? Like it could happen. So that definitely adds an excitement element, like which from a sports perspective, like the overall sport definitely makes it more interesting. It allows people to have a good day. Well, it doesn't allow people. <laughs> Somebody could have a good day and take a win unexpectedly. Some people could have who sh- who maybe would be the stronger athlete and we expect to win, could have a bad day and not go to Kona. And I also think on that note that it's going to increase or even multiply out the DNF rate in pros. Because right. if you're having... Because if you... Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, if you're, this is your race, you're trying to get your spot and you're in like fourth or fifth coming off the bike, you're like, eh, let's bank this and just go to another race in two weeks. We'll see how that, if that happens or not. I mean, it's a fair bet. We'll see what happens. Yeah. And so I think my big question that I'm left with here is that when I look at the way they divided the 70.3 slots, saying there's 85 for men, 85 for women, here's how those 85 are going to races. Why didn't they just do that with Kona? Like, why didn't? they just go okay we're gonna we have 100 slots it's 50 for men 50 for women and boom this is how we're gonna divide them up which would have been way more simple than this thing that we have to like twist around to even describe on a podcast about how these slots are being divided up floating slots floating slots around the world like that will probably be skewed slightly towards the men because they have more people on the start line it's safe to say I think that we'll have more women at Kona it will be like probably my guess would be like 45 and 50, 45 women, 55 men, something like that. It'll probably be around that. Um, so it's clearly not it's going to be more equal. Though I don't know if things can be more equal, but not completely equal. And you know, you know, Sarah, what they would say about why they didn't just do Kona the same way they're doing 70.3. What would they say? Because 70.3 was a two-day event now. So they're completely different races, Sarah. They have nothing to do with each other. The women can race on one day with their 85 spots, which is an increase over what it was before. And the men can race on another day with their 85 spots. See? And they don't affect each other. There's not a limited amount of room on the pier. There is no pier. It's fine. So, okay. So the take-home point is, that the WTC, who own Ironman, believe in equality if the event takes place over two days, but they don't, I shouldn't say equality, I should say equal opportunity because that's more precise in this situation. So they believe in equal opportunity on a two-day event, but they don't believe in equal opportunity on a one-day event? I'm confused. Yeah, (laughs) you're not confused. Yes, I think, I mean, yes, right? Like, I think there is an argument to be made that within a one day event, the rate like it is one race and they're affecting each other. Do I think that's like a fair argument? Like, no. Right. Do have we talked extensively about like all the reasons why there are fewer women on the start line than men? Will there probably continue now to be like more women who stay age group? Like, I don't. That's actually an interesting question. If more women Mm -hmm. will upgrade now and race pro and be on the start line, if they feel like this makes it easier for them to get a spot. I I don't think having to win Ironman to go makes it feel easier. Honestly, like when I look at it from my perspective, it just increased my odds of going to Kona because crapshoot, who knows? It just made it a roll of the dice. Yeah, just made it a roll of the dice. Definitely decreased my odds for 70.3 because 70.3, I felt very con- like I could put together a season of like thirds and fourths and sevenths and whatever, have my five races and qualify. Now I have to go and win. Like, how do I know which one I need to win? Right. Like that's a crapshoot, too. 
which is why, I mean, I do think this system is a lot better and mm. a big improvement. But obviously, I think most pros would feel like a system that's a combination of like an overall points, like a way to judge someone's whole season, but also not like penalize them for all the things that we just listed. Right. There's a reason they went to the points in the first place. And it was because they were trying to respect the idea that people wanted to be valued overall for their season as a whole, as a well-rounded athlete. It didn't work out well. Mm-hmm. I feel like the best way would have be have some combination of slots and points, but that sounds like that's complicated. I don't know. It is. Yeah. So overall, <laughs> I think what we're going to conclude is that it is mostly a better system. There are still downsides. And if I had the CEO, Andrew Messick in the room, I would say, why can't we have equal opportunity in Kona if we can have it at 70.3 worlds? That is my r- lasting question. Noted. We would like to thank our sponsors, Ass Kicker Inc. and Crave Jerky. You can support the podcast and get 20% off by using the code RIDING, that's R-I-D-I-N-G, at AskKickerInc, Inc. with a K, dot com. And Crave Jerky, Crave with a K, dot com. If you don't already, follow us on all the social medias at If We Were Riding on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And make sure you subscribe to our feed on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts. If We Were Riding is hosted by Kelly O'Mara and me, Sarah Gross. Our fabulous editor is Aaron Hamilton, and our social media coordinator is Helen Positor. Okay, so Kelly, before we go, I was reading this week that all of the reindeer, by definition, have to be female. Then who do they mate with? <laughs> the reindeer on Santa's sleigh not all of the reindeer like in the universe (laughs) (laughs) the reindeer as they're depicted in common folklore have to be female because only the female reindeer keep their antlers in the winter so like dasher dancer prancer even rudolph female my time my time none of you people can tell me to stop